It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. You can email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. And you can also call into the show and leave a voicemail anytime you want to, 405 362 7128405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Promo code locked on 20% off your next order. We're going to dive into the NBA season preview with NBA superlatives, award predictions, standing predictions, playoff predictions, and so much more. But let's start with the Thunder news and notes from this past weekend. Following the game against the Chicago Bulls on Friday night, the Oklahoma City Thunder released TJ Leaf and Admiral Schofield which means they still need one more move to make sometime today on Monday. Now, the deadline officially is going to be at 10 p.m. today, Central Time. By 10 p.m., we'll know who the final cut is and what this roster looks like come Wednesday for the season opener against the Houston Rockets. But what we know right now is that TJ Leaf and Admiral Schofield will not be a part of it. Now, the Admiral Schofield one is interesting because I thought there was a good chance he'd make, that he'd make the team, especially whenever... He gets thrown into that trade with the with the Wizards. But ultimately, Admiral Schofield was one of the guys who was you know on the bubble, and, and you could see it go either way. I just personally thought he'd likely make the team. With TJ Leaf, I was just absolutely shocked with this decision because I thought he was as close to a lock as you could get for, for not being a lock. Like he, he always had a chance to be waived, but I just never thought that that chance would present itself. I mean, he played pretty fine 
against the Spurs and never got an opportunity after that. He didn't play Wednesday, played six minutes Friday. And against the Spurs, he looked like a very competent uh, NBA player that can contribute at some level. And the reason this is so puzzling to me is because it would have been just as easy. It actually would have been easier to just go ahead and release Jalen McHugh, who you traded to get TJ Leaf. Uh, Now, obviously... Oklahoma City also got a second-round pick in the deal, so it's kind of like you take on the second-round pick and then you also waive the bigger salary, though. Uh, so so it's a kind of a trade-off at that point. But the Thunder have liked T.J. Lee for a long time, even in his draft class. They really liked him. And for them to just kind of waive him after a good enough showing on, on the first preseason game on last Saturday uh, and then just falling completely out of the rotation, I would, I would imagine and I would guess that this is an indictment on how he played in training camp and like how he played in practices day to day, because whenever he did get game action, he was fine. He was a good little player uh, and obviously nothing to write home about, but I didn't think he'd get waived. So maybe there's something there uh, that Mark didn't like in practices. And I will say that also TJ Leaf is not someone who you can throw on the floor and play the exact style you want to. So that could have played into it as well. You know, you can't do this versatile switch, everything uh, bigs run the floor. You can't do that. Whenever you have TJ Leaf on the floor, you just can't, you know, if you think about it, every time a big man gets a rebound, they are the ones who run the break and they're the ones who just push it up the floor. I wouldn't trust TJ Leaf to do that. So, if you can wave him and save someone who you would trust to do that, like a, like an Isaiah Roby or someone like that, then it's worth the 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 decision. It's worth the trade off of waiving a bigger salary. Now, again, we're still waiting on one more move from Oklahoma City. It could happen during the course of this podcast. It could happen at nine thirty. It could happen at exactly ten o'clock. But that's the deadline to get this roster where it's supposed to be at the seventeen players. With the, whenever you include the two way contracts uh, by the season opener, which of course is going to be Wednesday in Houston. Also, Rudy Gobert signed with the Utah Jazz, and and you might be wondering what this has to do with Oklahoma City, but I I think that the more and more we see this free agent signing, the more and more we see the Paul George extensions, we see the Rudy Gobert extensions, we see Giannis staying in Milwaukee, we see these, these big names, right, AD, LeBron, these big names staying with their teams, these big names not testing the free agent market. The more and more we see that, the more and more appealing in Al Horford gets. Just like Chris Paul benefited not only from his immaculate season, but from the fact that there was not a lot of moves you can make in free agency to make your roster better. Chris Paul was one of the only moves this offseason that could make your roster better. And really change the the look of your team. That Suns team gets really elevated from bringing in Chris Paul. I say that because if Al Horford has a good year, which I think he will, if he has a good year, then he's absolutely going to get dealt for a first-round pick. And I'll tell you why. The the names are dropping like flies. And this once just incredible free agency class, and this once just amazing free agency class, it's it's looking a lot more and more like it did this past offseason where Fred Van Vliet is your, is your top name. So with that, couple it with the fact that there's going to be a lot of disappointing teams this year. A lot of teams disappointed themselves because look at the expectation around basketball right now. And it's not just preseason expectation. It's legitimate. I can see why this team thinks they're going to be a playoff team. Granted, there are 10 spots this year if you include the play-in. But even so, in the Western Conference, the Thunder are the only team outright not wanting to be good or outright wouldn't care if they're not good. 
the Kings might not be good, probably will not be good, but they're trying. They're trying to make the postseason. They're trying to salvage Marvin Bagley's career. They're trying to put a team around De'Aaron Fox. The Spurs, they're not trying to tank. They're trying their hardest. They're just not very good. So in the Western Conference, every single team in this this conference is trying to win. And someone has to be disappointed. And so when you look at next offseason, Al Horford keeps creeping up and up and up that list of, of players who could help your team. In the Thunder cap sheet, they have a lot of room to take on an even worse contract than Al Horford or a comparable contract to Al Horford. Al Horford is going to get moved for a first-round pick. I think that you can safely assume that. Now, that's putting a lot of stock into what he did this preseason. And I think that that's something that you can replicate throughout a 72-game stretch. I think he'll be a good leader, a good locker room guy. Now, he doesn't have that kind of question around him the same way that Chris Paul did a little bit. But still, that 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 helps. He's also going to be a really good player in this system. I mean, look at those pick and pops ignorance Shea, the pick and roll ignorance Shea. Look at all this stuff he can do in this setting of him being a traditional center and not playing alongside Joel Embiid. The Rudy Gobert contract is a big deal. And it just continues to allow Al Horford to climb up the list of guys who can help your team improve after you don't reach the goal you've set for yourself today. I mean, look around. Just look around at fan bases. Look around at... at Team, you know, SB Nation sites, look around at the, the Locked On Podcast Network with, you know, Locked On Team Name. Look around at all these teams in the NBA. Each one of them, besides the Thunder, Pistons, Cavs, Knicks, each one of them thinks they're going to be a good team and thinks they're going to be the postseason team and thinks this is their year to make that next step. They can't all do it. They simply cannot all do it. And as you get disappointed, you try to reinvent your roster. And one way to do that is Al Horford. So we'll see how this all plays out in the grand scheme of things. But let's get into the NBA season preview. The NBA season is already here. The NBA season gets started tomorrow on Tuesday. We're going to have two NBA games that actually count. So what I want to do is to preview the entire season and talk about how each thing ties into the thunder. I'm going to go through who is the most boring team in the league, who is the most exciting team in the league, who are the top five league pass teams whenever you go buy league pass and you're trying to watch some good basketball? Who are the bottom five league pass teams? The must-watch rookie, the breakout star, the biggest regression and progression this season, the first coach being fired, the biggest trade candidate, the awards, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, MIP, Sixth Man, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Executive of the Year, and we're going to do my standings for both conferences and who I have winning the championship, as well as who the collective Locked On Podcast Network has as their NBA champion. But first, I want to talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up, and the playoff picture is becoming clearer. There's only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. They also have lines for NBA future bets. Every sport has future bets, prop bets, game bets, things like that. You can even bet today on where you think James Harden will be traded. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partners at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonus in the business. Sign up for a free account and use our promo code Locked On when you sign up for that sign up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline on social media. This podcast is also brought to you by 1010. Now, you may read about this in the New York Times or Forbes. We're excited to let you know about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a unique, beautiful commitment ring. Launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNeil.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It is a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainable sourced diamonds. If you're making 2020 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this is an exciting, limited-time collection of diamond engagement rings launching on January 18th. You can view this exclusively at BlueNile.com, B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I want to tell you right now that you can also go check out Locked On Bets. Betting on the NBA does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast from. This is Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, and let's dive into the NBA superlatives. Let's start out with... Who's going to be the most boring team this year? Who's going to be a team that, in all honesty, I'll probably only watch when the Thunder take them on? For me, that team is the San Antonio Spurs. There is nothing about this team that I find interesting. I don't care about DeMar DeRozan. I don't care about LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't care about any of their young pieces. Lonnie Walker, good little player. Devin Vassell, okay. But I I don't care one bit about the Spurs. I think that they're going to be a god-awful team despite not wanting to be. And I think that they should honestly just rebuild, restart everything and just trade everything away and go the rebuild route. The most exciting team in this league is a more fun question. And for that, it, it's hard because there's so many good storylines and there's so many good options for this question. To me, I, I think it'll be the Dallas Mavericks when everyone is healthy, when KP is back and you have Luka Doncic, because I think that the other top tier teams right? Milwaukee in the regular season does not play a, a fun brand of basketball to watch because they only play their, their starters for like five minutes because they're so good. The Lakers and Clippers, you expect a lot of load management, so that takes away from the entertainment from the regular season. If you if you check out a random league pass game and you know AD's not playing or LeBron's not playing or Kawhi's not playing or Paul George's not playing, that takes away from them. The Blazers will be a fun team offensively. I do have questions about their defense. I think that the Mavericks will be an exciting team. I mean, Luka Doncic is probably the most exciting player in the NBA, so that's a heck of a start. And then from there, you would have KP, 
You would have Josh Richardson, who, who's looked really good for them in the preseason. You would have a lot of pieces around Luka to really help him and elevate him. So I think that they're going to be a really good team. I think they're going to take a massive step up defensively. And you mix that with their historic offense, that's going to be a really good team, really fun team to watch. So they're my most exciting team in the NBA. Now, who would be the top five league pass teams? And I've I've really went back and forth on this. I mean, obviously, Dallas is going to be one of the most fun teams to watch. And I just called them the most exciting team. But what I struggle with here is that they're going to have 16 primetime games. So do I put them on the list of top league pass teams whenever you're going to get to watch them on national TV almost every week? It's a tough balance. So I'm going to do league pass teams as teams who don't have as many or any national TV games. So that eliminates, you know, the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Pelicans, you know, all those type of teams, Clippers, all those type of teams. So what I'm left with here is number one, I think that the Suns are going to be a lot of fun to watch. If you can stay up for that late night basketball, that West Coast ball after the Thunder play at seven, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're number one for me on the league pass alerts. Number two is the Washington Wizards. I honestly like this Wizards team. I know that there's a lot of defensive question marks. I get all that. But I don't see why Bradley Beal cannot have an MVP caliber season the way that that Paul George did whenever he was paired with Russell Westbrook in that second year. I I don't see why that can't happen. Now, I don't expect Bradley Beal to win MVP or even finish in third place the way Paul George did. But I'm just saying that he can elevate his game alongside Russell Westbrook and actually playing with a all-star once superstar, once MVP point guard in Russell Westbrook. Because while he had while he had John Wall on the roster, his name was on the roster, he didn't get to play with John Wall for a couple of years here. So now he finally has a running mate who's actually going to play. And I really like the Wizards team. I think that Denny Adia is going to be really good. I like Davis Bertans a lot. I like Thomas Bryant playing alongside Russell Westbrook, who's just going to spoof him down low. And there's no national television games in the first half. But I think that they're going to be a good team. I think that they're going to be a really fun team in the East, so I think that you should check them out, the Washington Wizards, number two. Number three for me, and this is where it gets a little more complicated, but I honestly would have to pick the Atlanta Hawks. Still, they're not on national television. They're just not. Even with Trey Young, even with the moves that they've made, with Gallinari and uh, Bogdanovich and all these moves that they've made, they're still not going to get national TV games, but I still think, and again, another team that's going to be offensively a lot of fun, but there's a lot of question marks around their defense outside of Chris Dunn and Rondo. I think that the Hawks are going to be an entertaining brand of basketball. You can watch who tips off at like 6 PM while you're having that, that hour gap between the early East coast games and the thunder. I think that the Hawks are going to be really a good route to go there. Number four is the Portland Trailblazers. Super fun, super deep. I love the moves, moves that they've made. And we'll talk about where I have them finishing the standings because it's a really hard decision for me. I think that with the with the Trailblazers, if you told me you had the Trailblazers number three, I wouldn't laugh at you. I, w- I, I would honestly uh, understand where you're coming from. If you told me the Trailblazers are number six, it's the same thing. I would just say, okay, well, I can see how you got there. They have such a wide range of, of, of where they could finish that watching them each and every night will be a lot of fun. I mean, they bring in Robert Covington. They bring in Harry Giles. I mean, that team was already fun to watch, and they've elevated it even more with their offseason moves. And last but not least on this just wild ride of teams you should be watching, again, we're, we're eliminating the Lakers and the Clippers. We're eliminating the Mavs and, and teams like that who will be on national television a ton. But I'm going to make one exception, and that one exception 
is the Brooklyn Nets. Now, they have quite a bit of national coverage, but I think that you're honestly going to want to watch every single Nets game. It doesn't matter who their competition is. I think that Kevin Durant's rehab and Kevin Durant's comeback is special. I think that Kyrie Irving will do something special every single night on the floor. And I think that you're going to want to check out their entire season. So that's my top league pass teams. The bottom five, Spurs, don't even watch a single Spurs game. The Knicks, there's not even a reason to watch the Knicks outside of Obi Toppin, who you can just check out on like House of Highlights later. Doesn't really matter. And and with Tom Thibodeau, he probably wouldn't even get to play a ton. So that's going to be just atrocious. So we have the Spurs. We have the Knicks. The Pistons, I mean, they've made so many moves, but that roster construction is weird. I mean, I guess if you want to watch Killian Hayes or Jeremy Grant, that's fine. But the Pistons are not very interesting to me. The Sacramento Kings, I, I just do not find any of their team interesting because I don't think that Marvin Bagley's any good. I think that Buddy Hilb is just what he is at this point in the sense of I don't see a way that Belly, Buddy Hilb becomes a better basketball player. So I'm not sure at the point of watching him will be. De'Aaron Fox is a fun player to watch, but he does not have a lot of uh, talent around him. So the Kings are also on this list of just the worst teams to watch for. And last but not least is the Milwaukee Bucks. Because here's why. Let me me explain my my thought process here. I'm talking about League Pass in the sense of you cannot watch national TV games. Well, if the Bucks are not on national TV, that means they're playing a bad team. And if the Bucks are playing a bad team, they're going to just house that team by like 20 points. So... It's not going to be a lot of fun for you to watch them. They're in my bottom five of League Pass teams. Coming up, we're going to get to my breakout star, my must-watch rookie, biggest regression, progression, first coach fired, biggest trade, and playoff preview. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. They're soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. These built bars are great for the health conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're great for snacks. They're great for pre-workout. They're great for post-workout. They're even great as a meal replacement. And I say that because they're so filling. I mean, I honestly can just have one of these for breakfast and it's, it takes me all the way smooth into lunch. It's so, so good for you. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Locked on Thunder podcast, a part 
of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let me tell you about our good friends over at Hollinger and Duncan. If you want to get basketball smart, it takes listening to Hollinger and Duncan podcast. It's on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger with Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan wherever you get your podcast from. Go listen to them whenever this show is over. It makes you a smarter basketball fan. This is, again, Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And let's continue our NBA superlatives. And I have right now for my must-watch rookie. If you can only pick one rookie to watch this offseason, and this season, I should say, I find myself debating between Killian Hayes, who's going to be a point guard that gets the just keys tossed to him right out of the gate. Obi Toppin, who's going to be a human highlight reel. But again, I worry about Tom Thibodeau, and I worry about him actually playing Obi Toppin a lot and playing him majority minutes. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe, maybe Thibodeau has changed, but I just worry about that. And then I settled on LaMelo Ball. I think that LaMelo Ball will be a very fun player to watch, and you're going to want to watch with your, with your own eyes because I think that his highlights will not tell the full story of just how good or bad that he is. I think it'll be very fun to watch. I think that that Hornets team is a fun team to watch. And I think that he's going to be the most must-watch rookie. Now, my breakout star, I think John Morant is going to take the next step. He had an amazing preseason. I know it means nothing. I know it doesn't count. But I think that he's going to take that next step. He was so good last year, and I think that this year he's going to be even better. It sounds kind of funny, but whenever whenever I watch him in the preseason even, he lands better. After he dunks, every time he lands, I don't think, oh, my God, he's going to tear every single ligament in his knee. He, he's landing more comfortably. He's under control. He's playing so well. I think he takes that next step. I think he honestly could be in that in that all-star conversation. Again, no all-star game, but we all expect that they're still going to name who would have been on the all-star teams. So I think that John Morant has a chance to get there. Breakout star for him. My biggest regression, I think it would be Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray had an incredible run inside the Disney World bubble. I think that he's going to have such high expectations for him to take that stretch he had in the postseason and perform that way for 72 games, that I don't think he'll live up to that. I do not think he's that kind of player. I think he had an amazing run, and that at times he can have those runs again, but sustainability is not going to be on his side. And I think that we'll look at this season wrongfully as him regressing when in actuality we are just kind of basing him on the outlier or, or we're basing him on just a hot stretch and not basing him on his overall body of work. My biggest progression is a tie between two players, but I'm going to go with Shea because I think that Shea is going to have the chance to have good efficiency, but also score 25 points per night and get seven assists per night and play some solid defense. I wouldn't be mad at you, though, if you picked MPJ. If if my if Michael Porter Jr., is your pick here. I would not be mad at you. The expanded role with Denver is going to be huge for him. I have a ton of questions about his defense. I have some questions about his efficiency, but I still think he's going to be a really good player. But I'm going to go with Shea there. My first coach fighters to win Casey. I don't see how he's going to be the coach of the future for the Pistons. I also do not see how he survives this year. And then with the biggest trade, James Harden, obviously. I mean, I think that that's kind of the the only option to go right now because it's it's clear that the Rockets want to trade him sooner than later, according to Woj. I think this gets done. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow, but it gets done eventually. And obviously, any time that you trade an MVP, it's going to be the biggest headline. 
Let's run through my NBA awards this season. I'm going to predict that Luka Doncic wins MVP. I think he's going to put up close to triple-double numbers. I think that that Mavericks team is going to be really good, even without KP, but I think that KP will be back pretty soon, sometime in mid to late January. And I think that the narrative around Luka Doncic is already that of an MVP caliber player, and we're seeing him as the lead favorite to win the award. And so if he puts up the kind of season we expect him to, I think that that will really help him and boost him up the ladder of MVP chase, and I think that he wins the MVP award, Luka Doncic. Defensive Player of the Year, I have Anthony Davis taking home the hardware. I think that he plays very well defensively. I would have given it to him last year, but nonetheless, he's going to win this year. MIP, obviously, Shea. It's no secret. I've been saying this for a long time. And if I think, and I do think, that he'll be a 25-point-per-game scorer, that pretty much locks up the award, I think, for him uh, of the most improved player. The sixth man of the year, I'm going to go with Karis LeVert. I think that Karis LeVert will come off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets, and he'll be really, really good. Also, if you don't want to take the chance on LeVert, because there's also a possibility that Dinwiddie is on the bench or whatever, or what have you, if you think he's going to get traded to Houston, I would say... Look out for Delino Gallinari. I think that Gallinari's impact off the bench in, in Atlanta could be good enough to win him the Sixth Man of the Year award. My Coach of the Year is Steve Nash, and I'll tell you why. I think that this Nets team is going to be really, really good. I also think that this Nets team will have limited to no real drama internally. And for that coaching job in his first year and the staff he's put together around himself to allow that to happen, I think that Steve Nash will take home Coach of the Year honors. Rookie of the Year honors will go to the Mellow Ball. There's just this strong narrative around him. Again, questions about Toppin and questions about Thibodeau. Questions about Killian Hayes being able to perform at the highest level possible given the roster construction around him. Questions about Therese Halliburton and how it should be seen uh, playing in Sacramento. So I think that'll be a LaMelo ball. We're already seeing him as one of the best passers in the NBA, really good rebounder. If he can just have a competent shooting season or a competent scoring season, he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Executive of the Year is Rob Palenka. I think that this should be just given to him right now because the fact that he went to this offseason with limited to no, seemingly limited to no ability to improve this roster, and he has them even better than last year's team, is an impressive feat that he's able to, to accomplish, and I think that he is absolutely the executive of the year. Now let's go through my standings. In the Western Conference, I have Lakers, Clippers, 1-2. I think that the Clippers are still a really good team even despite their postseason struggle. I think that the Lakers, even with the load managing, have a really good second unit, and I don't think that they'll load manage all that much, but they'll do it some. Now, here's where it gets interesting for me, because at number three, I could see legitimately four teams. At number three, I could see the Mavericks being there. I could see the Blazers being there. I could see the Nuggets being there. I could see the Jazz being there. I could see any of those four teams. So how do you pick? For me, I picked the Mavs, because I think that they're going to have an amazing offense, a historic offense again. And I think that Josh Richardson elevates their defense to where if you can play at like the 12th best defense instead of like 28th worst defense, if you can be like the 12th best, then all of a sudden, with that historic offense, you're a really good team. I think that the Mavericks win enough games to be third. I have the Blazers at four. I think that I just... I'm just concerned about their defense, honestly. But I really love that that Blazers team. I think that they really, really, really have a strong bench and some strong depth. I just think they're going to finish fourth. Again, these Western Conference standings, I want to say, are going to be defined like they were last year by a game, game and a half. So if you want to flip-flop any of these guys, I would not begrudge you. But number five, I have the Utah Jazz. I think that they're just going to work together and gel together pretty well and, and really rather the gate. 
bringing back Bogdanovich from injury, getting Joe Ingles, Mike Conley in his second year there, Rudy Gobert, and of course Donovan Mitchell. I think that team's going to be really good, but they're going to be number five in the standings. Number six, the Nuggets losing Jeremy Grant is important in my opinion, but also you go from Jeremy Grant to Michael Porter Jr., who is in his second year of actually really playing, and so many defensive concerns for him that I wonder how long it'll take for them to adjust to that. But I have the Nuggets at six, but if you had them at three, I wouldn't even begrudge you. Number seven of the of the Suns, they're going to be a really fun team to watch. They just are. I think they're going to be a really good team to watch, and they're going to finish number seven. Number eight, I have the Golden State Warriors. I think that Steph Curry is able to drag that team to number eight. You can look at this roster and say it's not very good. I would encourage you to go look at the Thunder roster the year that Russell Westbrook won the MVP and realize that that roster was not very good either, but Russell Westbrook was just incredible. You have Steph Curry. You have Kelly Oubre. You have Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green and James Wiseman, Eric Pascal. The big thing there is you have Steph Curry, a two-time MVP, one of, if not the best shooter we've ever seen. I know the West is tough. I get all that. But if Steph Curry is healthy, they're the eighth seed. Barring him breaking his hand again, knock on wood, or getting hurt, if they have Steph Curry, they're a playoff team. They're number eight. Number nine, I have the Grizzlies. They did not make a ton of moves this offseason. In fact, I can't think of a single move that they've really made this offseason. But they didn't get worse. That team is still growing together. That team is still getting better. And when they get back Jaron Jackson Jr. from the injury report, when they get back Justice Winslow, from the injury report, that becomes an even better team. They're going to be a really good team to watch, really fun team to watch out of number nine in the conference. Number 10, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. Can Zion play a full season? Brandon Ingram elevating his game after the extension. And, of course, you still have Alonzo, and now you have Steven Adams. I think that the Pelicans team is good. I think that Stan Van Gundy's good, but they finish 10th, which is still the play-in. So the NBA gets their play-in of the Grizzlies uh, and Pelicans in there taking on the Suns and the, and the Warriors. Number 11, I have the Rockets, and I'll say it because I think that the James Harden saga will not end today. I think that we will not see him traded today. Therefore, he'll at least play the start of the year, and he'll get them and stockpile Houston enough wins in that category to not bottom out. But also, he will not be able to will them to the pre to the to the postseason because he will not be on this team by the deadline. Number twelve of the Timberwolves. I just don't like the D'Lo and Cat pairing and and like actual winning basketball. It'll be a decent pairing to watch, you know, on TV. But I don't think it results in very many wins. Number thirteen, the Kings, boring team. We know what they are. They're not very good, but they're better than number fourteen. The Spurs, which is an awful old team. And number 15, the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know my thoughts on the Thunder. We're going to have an entire deep dive on Oklahoma City tomorrow for the Thunder season preview on tomorrow's show, so be sure to tune into that. Eastern Conference, I have the number one. Bucks going to run away with the with the regular season again, but no one will care. And everyone in every conversation about the Bucks will always say, do it in the postseason. So if you are a Bucks fan and you want some real hard-hitting Bucks analysis, the only way to get that is going to be locked on Bucks because everyone else is going to be sitting there just saying, okay, well, do it in the postseason. Do it in the postseason. Who cares? Do it in the postseason. Number two, the Nets. I have the Nets being a really, really good team with the depth they have. I do not think that Houston collapses and, and, and pulls the trigger on a James Harden trade to Brooklyn. Therefore, they're going to keep their depth and be a really good team with KD and Kyrie. I have the Celtics at three, but I worry about their depth. I worry that if you just have one slight minor injury, 
to Tatum, Brown, or or Kemba gets hurt when he comes back, if you have a minor injury that takes them out for two more weeks or takes them out for three weeks, all of a sudden you lose ground on the on the Sixers and the Raptors and the Heat, who I have going four, five, and six. I think that the Heat are going to be a team that's going to be really good, but they're going to load manage some after having that deep bubble run, so they slip down the standings. I think that the Raptors are going to gun for it, and they'll be five. And then the 76ers is my surprise pick at four. I think that the 76ers are going to be a really good team with Seth Curry around, with Seth Curry around uh, Embiid and Simmons. If they trade for Harden, even better. I like the Sixers with Doc Rivers. Number seven, because I have the, the Raptors and Heat five and six. Number seven, the Pacers. Boring, boring, boring team the Pacers are, but still good enough to get seven in the East. Number eight, the Wizards, who I think is going to be a really fun team. And I think that the Beal-Westbrook pairing is going to be really, really good. Number nine, the Hawks. Fun offense, question mark defense. Number 10, the Bulls. I think that the Bulls' biggest addition was Billy Donovan and that he can really reinvent that team and really maximize the talent on that team, and they finish better than the Hornets, who's going to be their really tough competition for that final play-in spot. Number 12, I have the Magic. They've had injuries. They already had a team that was not very good. I have them slipping all the way to 12. Number 13, the Cavs. Fun little young team, but also not good enough to translate to wins just yet. They're 13. 14, the Pistons. I think that they're going to trade Derrick Rose. They might even get to trade Blake Griffin. And therefore, they're going to be left with a lot of just nothingness and just some random misfit big men and Killian Hayes. I think they're going to be number 14. And number 15, probably the worst team in the NBA, the New York Knicks. My Western Conference Championship Series is going to be between the Lakers and the Clippers. I think that the Clippers are kind of just devalued right now. But they're still a really good team, a really fun team. They should have gotten there last year. I mean, if you don't blow the 3-1 lead, you're there. They actually have their same team back from last year with a new direction with Ty Lue, with hopefully a new culture for them. I think they're going to be really good. They're going to get there, but the Lakers still win. The Lakers win in seven. They go to the NBA Finals. They're going to take on one of the Nets, who I have in the Eastern Conference Championship Series. And I also have the... Milwaukee Bucks. I think finally with that, Giannis can adjust to the postseason and he'll finally get to the conference championship. But the Nets will win the Eastern Conference. It'll be Nets, Lakers in the finals. And I will have the Nets upsetting the Lakers in KD and Kyrie's first year. They win a championship. So that's what I have for this entire NBA season. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles and let me know what your picks are for this NBA season. Let me know your top five league pass teams, your standings, your champion, all that fun stuff on Twitter at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And you can also email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. On tomorrow's show, we're going to dive into and do the same type of deep dive season preview on only the Oklahoma City Thunder. On Wednesday's show, we're going to preview the Houston Rockets game. On Thursday, we'll recap that game. And on Christmas Day, we're going to preview the Charlotte Hornets contest. So a lot to get to this week. I mean, a ton of content. This is the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So subscribe to Lockdown Thunder wherever you get your podcasts from. Be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you next time on Lockdown Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.